Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. But today, we have a special guest. Uh, we have Mo Bandy, who's a legend in the country music world. We're definitely excited to have him on. You know, yes. he's, had, he's had a bunch of hits. He's had 10 top one hits, 40 top 10, um, top 40 hits, and so many more that are coming from the past. And I think, you know what, the best is yet to come with him, because you know what, he's just like the Energizer buddy, he just keeps going and going and going, and we're proud to have him on. We're going to hear parts of his story, and we're going to talk music, and we're proud to have him here. So, Mo, are you here? I'm here, yeah, and I'm glad to be with you. <laughs> we're oh, glad that you made it. Yeah. <laughs> little technical yeah. difficulties, but we are here. <laughs> we, yes, got we're all here. we got it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so as we get started here, I always like to start the same way. Um, you know, we're in a crazy year this year. What is, um, what, you know, how has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Well, the, the COVID has affected me quite a bit because two of my band members have got it right now. Oh, wow. And, uh, oh, sorry to hear that. So it's got, gotten close. Uh, but the thing about it is, is we've been quarantining as much as we can, and uh, – I uh, try to stay busy. I, I do have a little wood shop. I build things and things like that. But it's all give us it's give us all a time to step back a little bit and, and slow down. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's I think that part of it is good. A lot of families are actually getting to know each other now. You know, <laughs> change. So That's there is some thing. good things mm-hmm. in it. The, the the sad part is the people that are so sick and I. I tell you, I've got a, uh, the one particular guy in my band is very sick. The other one didn't get it that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's just a rough deal, and it's something that we come out of nowhere. We didn't know it was coming, um, and it's just terrible. Oh, I know. And, and you know, there are some silver linings out there, you know, like with our show. We started the show in January, and the, the goal was 100 interviews our first year. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, we'd be doing good. We'd probably be ahead of the crowd if we did that. And then COVID happens. And I mm-hmm. told Sandy, um, you know, this could be our year to shine because artists mm-hmm. are going to need a place mm-hmm. to talk. And I'm like, exactly. you know, we're going to give them that. And because of that, we've done over 220 interviews now. Oh, that's great. That is great. Yeah. And, you know, I think we all uh, sit around and, think about performing again, which uh, we miss mm-hmm. so much, the fans and everything. And also, we want to promote our stuff and talk on the radio and, and visit. So it is perfect time. I mean, uh, it, it gives us something to do. You know? Yep. <laughs> and, and some things are starting to come back, like like last night for the first yeah. I mean, we for, for the first time in this since this, we had tr- our main church opened up last night. And we run mm-hmm. before COVID, we're eight thousand people church a weekend. Um, wow. But last night they opened up, but they did it took every precaution they could. You know, er, they had every other row um, roped off so nobody could sit there. And then mm-hmm. and you sat with your group that you came in with, and there had to be at least mm-hmm. two seats between you and anybody else. Yes, that's good. And er, and everybody well, had to wear a mask, of course. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, I, I think at this particular time, we need the churches more than we need anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. I, mm-hmm. I, 
I believe we've got to have our churches open and let our people, uh, you know, pray. I mean, that's what yep. we need for our good friends and neighbors that have it, you know. Yeah, and our mm-hmm. pastor talked last night. The, the sermon was about how this could be worse because he, was ta- he actually preached on that there was two pandemics that happened in the Bible, and one of them took out 25% of the Roman Empire. Yeah, uh, so, something. <laughs> there's a lot in the Bible about what we're going through right now. Yep. Oh, yes. So as we get started here, you know, you've, you, you're, you've gotten several projects on. And before we really get into music, I kind of want to talk about your book. Let's talk about the book that you wrote. I, uh, I, I wrote a book, you know, uh, people... I, I think people should, everybody, not only singers or whoever, mm-hmm. but everybody should write a log of how they feel and what mm-hmm. they're thinking and all this for their kids and their grandkids and great-grandkids. And uh, so I I wanted to do something like that. You know, you sit around. I've done so much. I've been so blessed. Mm-hmm. And you sit around, but you don't just sit and talk about yourself all the time. You know, you and so I wrote the book, and like one of my granddaughters told me, she said, I didn't know you did all that. And I said, well, it's, that's why mm-hmm. I wrote the book. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it gives you a chance to to share your life. And, and I want my great-great-grandkids to know that I had this great ride mm-hmm. uh, in the music business and uh, how I felt. And, you know, I, I would love to, to know how my great-great-grandparents how they thought, what they were thinking yeah. about, what they, you know, mm-hmm. and so it gives you an opportunity to do that. Most definitely, and and you know, one thing I learned about writing because we I write a lot myself, um, mm-hmm. but I think you know I always try to tell people that, especially married people, but I think everybody should do this. That I think every, mm-hmm. that no matter who you are, even if you don't, don't want to write a book, that don't matter. I think every person mm-hmm. should write their story out. Uh, and because mm-hmm. um, and, and not only that, but when they write it out, make a minimum goal of fifty thousand words. Because here's what mm-hmm. happens if they don't do that: is they'll they'll write the good and they'll write some of the bad. But if you write fifty thousand plus words, guess what? You're going to write the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's the ugly right. that will change your life. It's the ugly that was as you're pouring through. You're like. Oh, because that led to that, which led to that, which led oh, I get it. Now wow. I know why I do X, Y, Z. And so I think, and mm-hmm. I, I did that, you know, back a few years ago, and I was planning on writing my story out anyway in a book format, but, but it, mm-hmm. it did more for me connecting the dots than it right. did anything. That's very true. And as you go it. Uh, you, you, one thing leads to the next, and the next story leads to the next, mm-hmm. and you understand sometimes, like you say, why you got there, why you did that, and why you wish you wouldn't have did, done that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it just, but it leads to to your story, you know, and yep. that's very important. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you, I went through, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions until mm-hmm. until God healed me almost 13 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage was really hell on my wife because because of the addictions. You know, she she put up with my crap. She you know she put up with way more than she should have. And you know, but yet she always uplifted me. She always 
told me I was great. She always did everything that she could in her power to love me through those addictions. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when we tell that story, people will say, oh, she allowed you to walk over her. And they don't, and I'm like, you don't understand. She allowed mm-hmm. me to experience God's pure love through her. Right. And she was learning too. You, all, you learn everything uh, from your past. You, you know, I think we're put on earth to learn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I believe that people have to go through that to, with somebody like that. They learn, too. They learn how to be patient and uh, understanding. You know. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so as we um, move on here a little bit, you know, the book's great. We love it. I love when people write books. Um, tell us a little bit about your backstory, how you got started in music. Well, I, I uh, was raised uh, around music. My mother played the piano and sang. My dad played guitar and sang. And so we had, we just sang from the time I was a little kid. Uh, my dad bought me a little old banjo thing, and I played a few chords on it, and we but we sang together, and we never sang professionally. We, you know, uh, get family get-togethers or friends would come over or something and we'd sing. So I got started that way, and then um, as the years went by, I started trying to be a bull rider. I rode bulls for a little bit, and we didn't do very good at that. But I finally went back to my music, and that's where I, I needed to be. Oh, wow. Uh, I love that. And, you know, now, when you look back on your life so far, you know, at the er, in your early years, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they say that they've always wanted to do music. But when did it mm-hmm. click that music could be that career? Well, what was that moment? I, uh, yeah, I... I Later on, and when I'm becoming a teenager, a little later now, actually, uh, I was playing uh, music with my friends at my house, and I went up to this little bar that was there, and uh, they said, what are you doing? And we said, well, we're playing music. I said, well, why don't you play music here? So we played on a little patio, and I heard the applause, and I tell you, it was unbelievable. I've always been, uh, and as, as a child, I was kind of shy and, uh, you know, and, and didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of uh, courage in that. Uh, yeah. And whenever I sang and people clapped and told me they liked me, it was just unbelievable. And, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I want some more of this, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was just a, a great thing. And, so I'd be playing music anyway, so to to get that kind of feedback and all. And, and then, of course, we went from there and formed our little band and played and went from there. But it, and to this day, just like the COVID problem we have in there right now, I, I miss that applause. I miss that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That, like when I was younger, I, I had a, a lack of confidence. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. And, uh, probably didn't love myself as much as I should have, I guess. But <laughs> when I heard that, it was like people accepted me. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That is really great. And I totally get what you're saying. 
because all through my life, you know, I've been one of them. I've been the outcast. I've been, you know, the person that people look down on in the family and friends and all that. And it really wasn't until the business world and the and also the um, country music world where I felt, oh, I fit in finally. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Somebody, somebody likes me now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I and even to this day, sometimes you know, because Sandy and I, um, next month will be 18 years of marriage, and we've seen a lot in our marriage and a lot of people and. And we, you know, we live this 24-7 marriage, and we have since the day we met. Uh, we pretty much have been together 24-7, and we've been called names. We've been called unhealthy. We've been called so many things because of the way we live our marriage. I'm not telling other people to live that they should live marriage this way. This is just how I live my marriage. And right. and they say all kinds of crap and all that. And, and it's crazy because all of a sudden we find this crazy country music stuff. And as we're talking to people, there's so many artists who are 24/7 with their family too. I'm like, oh, we mm-hmm. found our crowd. Right. <laughs> we found yeah, our. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it can be done. The the music business is not uh, family friendly. Sometimes you have to travel so much and all that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I have found out that when you go in a circle and you. You get back to it, and that what mattered all along was my kids, my grandkids, and mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. So, tell us a couple stories of where, you know, I, I'm sure you've had some crazy things happen through the years since you've been doing this for so long. That were just mm-hmm. you were on stage, and it could be something good, it could be something bad, it could just be something that you just shook your head on. Don't matter. Just you know, a couple of stories that happened while you were on stage that kind of stand well, out. When I- one of the things that I always remember, uh, I'll never forget, is mm-hmm. when I went on the Grand Ole Opry the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a uh, George Morgan was the host that night, and I remember going on stage and looking in the wings, and I saw Roy Acuff and Farron uh, oh, well. Young and Ernest Tubb and all these great singers watching me, and. Uh, it was just a, a moment that I'll never forget in my life. Um, I had a, I did a show in uh, Kansas City at a big air show. And this is mm-hmm. after I had America, the song Americana. And um, they had several hundred thousand people there for this air show. It wasn't, they weren't there for me. But anyway, uh, as far as I could see were people. And they took the song Americana that I recorded and timed it. And the uh, the the group flew over, and uh, the and they parachuted out. Huh. And they timed that that song to where when they lit down, we hit the last note. And oh, wow. that was one of the biggest thrills I've ever had in the music. And that's the biggest crowd I've ever played. And, and you, I guess you had to be on it then, because of course it was all timed. <laughs> Right, and they brought me in on a, they brought me an old B fifty two, I think it was, fighter plane. I uh, I came in on it, and we taxied right up to the stage, and I got out and did the song, and it'd be timed just right. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> now, would you say that 
it was easier to make it back then than it is in our current environment? Uh, I think, I don't know if it was easier to make it, but it lasted longer. In other words, you could come in and cut a couple songs and then mm-hmm. work, and sometimes they would stay with you, you know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. nowadays, yeah. you've got to pretty well come out with a hit pretty quick. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and I guess back then, it probably was easier. We didn't have as many artists. And uh, nowadays, you've just got so many young kids trying to get in the business. And uh, and it's it's a rougher deal right now, I think. Are you there? Hello. I'm uh, I'm here. I'm not sure what happened uh, okay. to Chris's uh, sound there. I'm, I'm oh, back. there he is. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, okay. but but like I was telling um like I was saying is I think social media was um is a great way to to get attention, but but traction is a whole other thing because so many people can do it. Mm-hmm. Right, and and it. Uh, a few years ago, uh, some people got doing the social media early, and it just knocked it out. But nowadays, everybody's trying it, so you really have a lot of competition, and you got to get something that out there in social media that get their attention, you know. And it's hard to do. Most definitely. <clears throat> now, that's true. One thing I like to do on our show. As you know, a lot of people, they see, like, the glory of, like, a youth, a glory of a Blake, a glory of a Miranda and Carrie. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears that it takes to get at any level in music. And I always like to talk about that side of it because nobody else does. And I always mm-hmm. want to make sure we talk about it because I think, to, to be honest, I think this is the most important thing that should be talked about before everything else because before that artist – steps out into this arena they need to know what it really takes you can't dibble dabble when it comes to this type of um, career (laughs) and I'm going to tell a quick story that will help lead me into this and then we'll talk from there but back in 2014 we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls and at that time they were full time with music and one of the questions I asked Allison was what advice would she give an up and coming artist I'll never forget her words. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. Because the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of your career. Your life changes. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand. You've got, you're grinding this thing out. So you can't say no to gigs, and you for sure can't cancel gigs. So they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, um, to weekends. But you've got to say no because that's when you're doing gigs. Then your family has to sacrifice on top of that because, you know, it's not just about you. It's about the family. Um, with, you're on the road so much. Then if that's not enough, then there's so many days where you just feel miserable and you don't want to get on stage. But you still got to get on stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. But she added, if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what mm-hmm. she said? And let's talk about that side of it. I think that's great. I think what she said it makes a lot of sense. It, uh, if you don't have your heart in it, when I started, 
I I think I would jump over a building <laughs> to get in the business. I wanted to be. I didn't. You got to accept rejection. I mean, that's you got to really handle it because it yeah. hits you right in the face. That mm-hmm. I would have done anything. I had this fire in my belly that uh, I would not quit. And I think you got to have that. You got to have that. If not, you're right. You should go and do something else. But uh, it, of course, back then too, a lot of times it took a longer time to for them to find you or you find them. <laughs> and uh, you know, and you, you'd want to quit. I had the point where I was. Wanting to quit, I mean, I thought I did, mm-hmm. but it didn't last very long. <laughs> but you, you just got to have your heart in it, and you got to dedicate your whole life to it. And then the part about the the career and all that, the traveling, the, the, all that, that comes along, and you got to accept that it's it's a wide awakening when you get a hit song. It's you, know, the whole world, it's just turned <laughs> in a different direction for you. And uh, so it's it's uh, you got to have your heart in it. You got to really be dedicated. Now I'm glad you made that comment about that. There were times where you almost quit. Let's talk about that. Those moments, because you know every artist has those where where there's that fork in the road, and they could go either way. And sometimes they're like, "Is this even worth it? Is is what I'm doing going to work, or is it worth it? it?" You know, what what what's that inside of you that drove you through those moments to keep going? Well, it's and and also I found that a lot of people like myself, when you get to that point where you're about ready to give up, something happens <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why that is, but it happens. But you just it's that fire in your belly. You got that dedication. You gotta you gotta do it. You just gotta do it. And a lot of people have all that. They have the drive. They have the dedication, but they don't make it. So. You got to be. It's like winning the lottery almost. You got to do all that stuff, and then you got to be picked. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a challenge. Yeah. The crazy world, eh? The music industry yeah. is crazy. A crazy industry, that's it, for it sure. Is. But it's uh, so rewarding when you get the good part. Um, and let's talk that about that so for fun. a moment. You know, talk a few. Tell us a few moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." Well, it's so uh, good to, to get your name out there and to mention you're so-and-so and people, oh, wow. Um, yeah. that That's what I work for in my life. I, I see people that run away from the fans and, oh, they're bugging them and everything. But that's what we work for. We wanted them people to love us and love our music. <laughs> and uh, I just feel honored to be in the business, to walk in front of a crowd and be able to to sing your heart out. It's just, it's a great feeling. Yeah, I love that. You know, what are a few moments where, you know, of course, when you walked out for the your very first Grand Ole Opry appearance, what was that moment like? Well, that was, that was one of the moments that you dreamed about. They had to, uh, I missed the, the rhyme, going in the rhyme, and of course I've I performed there many times since, but I didn't. I went in the new opera house. Had been there one year, but they had the circle out there where everybody stood. Mm-hmm. And I just remember walking into that circle, and I'm like, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" But what <laughs> really got me was the people I saw in the wings looking at me. And uh, I, I just never forget that as long as I live. 
Well, I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and play yeah. your song, A Love Like That, and talk about that. How's that sound? Okay, great. All right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. He's never had a big house on the hill. Never held nothing more than a hundred-dollar bill. But he's held her. That's good enough for him He's never seen A California night Or New York City And all the Broadway lights But he's seen her blue eyes Looking back at him They've never been more than a hundred miles apart He tells everyone she's the queen of his country heart. Small town, piece of ground, couple kids running round, front porch holding hands. Wouldn't it be something to have a love like that? She's never heard. Orchestra play of the sound of the ocean on a hot summer day, but she's heard him whisper, I love you. She doesn't need a lot of fancy things. He never gave her a big diamond ring, but he gave her his heart. Forever and ever They've never been more than a hundred miles apart He tells everyone she's the queen of his country heart Small town, piece of ground, couple kids running round porch holding hands wouldn't it be something to have a love like that
great song yes beautiful song love it and, and you know sandy was um kind of saying to me while it goes because you know we've never been more than 100 miles apart <laughs> we haven't in yeah. 18 years <laughs> that's, that's great you know that it talks about the family and uh you know just the easy life nowadays we're going so fast uh mm-hmm. we don't slow down mm-hmm. these people are just living a relaxed life Yes. So tell us a, a little bit about Jimmy Caps. I know he means well, a lot to you for here for this album. He, he really does, and that's the thing about this album. I I worked with Jimmy. He's done this is the third album that we've done together, but he's played on my records for many years. I've known him for years, and uh, this album was very special to Jimmy and to me. Mm-hmm. We really worked hard on it. And he played the Opry every day, and he, he'd be driving into the Opry, and he'd call me, and him and Michelle, his wife, and they would be listening to these songs, and they were <laughs> so excited about it. And unfortunately, we lost Jimmy, and uh, I just yeah. kind of dedicated this whole project, Jimmy, and we just, uh, it, it was, a, it, you can hear Jimmy all over, he played guitar and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, love like that, you can hear the guitar ride that he did. And yeah, because this just, was his uh, last project, wasn't it? It was his last project, and uh, we, uh, Michelle, his wife, sang uh, along with uh, Curtis Young, the great, great backup singer. Uh, they sang backup, and uh, we just all had a chord in it. And Jimmy, we just missing. A bunch, but we know that he wanted to promote this album. He's yeah. very proud of it. Wow, I love that. So, as you know, when it comes to music, um, fans see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, the managers. They don't see the behind-the-scenes people. And we both know that without the team, the artists cannot do what they do. And And I'll be honest, I feel like they don't get enough love out there. So I wanted to always mm-hmm. change that on our show and give them the love they deserve. So if you want to take a few minutes and just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, we have, uh, first of all, my wife has been so good to me. Sandy, she's been mm-hmm. just great with uh, helping me and backing me. And, uh, but, and we just have so many people that, uh, that with, like Jamie and Michelle and uh, mm-hmm. all the the great uh, magician musicians that that uh, back this up and uh, yeah. we just have so mm-hmm. many people to thank and and when for them we couldn't do it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know we kind of got a third team member on, on our two we got a little, our eight year old we always allow him to come on and ask one we question do. to each artist so Sandy's going to get him on real quick and, and yes, you know we've got a, um, 
we've got an 18 month old that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into our shows too. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I'm I'm in Texas with with my grandchildren right now. Oh, uh, I have three great grandsons, and I'm with them too. What's funny is, you know, we've, we've got an 8-year-old and a 15-month-old, but all my friends have kids in college. So I'm sitting here like, mm-hmm. we're just starting here, you know, because I'm 49 with an 8-year-old and an 18-month-old. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That's great. But they'll keep us young. Oh, yeah. Or kill, sure. or, or kill us one. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. Yeah, but okay, I've got Christopher ready here. He's he's got a question. Here he is. Okay. Hi, what's your favorite food? How are you, Christopher? Who's good? What was the question? Yeah. Uh, uh, hi, Mom. What's your favorite food? Oh, what's my favorite food? Okay. Uh, Well, I love uh, Mexican food a lot because I'm from San Antonio, Texas, and uh, I love steak and potatoes. That's my favorites. Oh, wow. What's yours, though, Chris? Pizza. Pizza. I forgot to bring up pizza. I like pizza, too. (laughs) Yeah, he could eat it all day long. Christopher, we'll order order pizza, okay? (laughs) <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we from day one I always said I want to include our kids because you know a lot of times what it doesn't matter whether you're in business, whether you're in music, wh- what you're doing, kids can sometimes resent what you do for a career. But I believe if you can find a way to include them in some way, not only will they not resent it, but they will love you for it. Right, and, and kids are honest. They tell you what they, <laughs> they <say>. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's fu- What's funny is people are like, "You're cr- you're crazy letting your um, son get on there." I'm like, "Oh, believe me, he asks the same question every time, and we make sure of that." <laughs> oh yes, there's a reason. For <laughs> and he loves food, so it's a perfect question for him. <laughs> Good way to do it. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I always joke that we need to we need to go get like Little Caesars to be a sponsor because then when I ask him what's his favorite food, he can say Little Caesars pizza because that's what we eat anyway normally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Normally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you've done a lot out there, um, but there's still a lot more to do, I think. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Well, I was going to think about that one. I guess it would be Bill Anderson. He's one of the oh, best wow. writers and one of, my, one of my best friends. We talked about mm-hmm. doing that. Right, you know, But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. We'd write about uh, just something real traditional country. Yeah. And that's something that I've noticed you've held to, to the traditional of country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's what I do the best. Uh, I, I just... You know, I, I haven't changed my style because I don't have another style. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love yeah. that. You're just being yes. you. Traditional country is just me. Yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. So did you know Johnny Cash? I did. I met Johnny several times, did several shows with him. 
I didn't know him real well, but I, I mm-hmm. knew him. He was a man that one of these guys that walks in the room and just, you know, <laughs> turns, everybody turns their head. Ah, uh, <laughs> we've heard that about him. Yes. A great, kind man, and he was just very nice to me. Sure was. Wow. Yeah, because we're always kind of intrigued with their with his and June's story because again, that kind of relates to us because with the going through all these addictions and the marriage and all that, you know, and and mm-hmm. and you know, June was his rock. Sandy was my rock. So you know, we mm-hmm. I always like to. It's always intrigues me about his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, John uh, was helped a lot of people, you know. And he was mm-hmm. one of these guys that when he spoke, you listened to him, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he mm-hmm. was a great man. So of all the people you've met through the years, who surprised you the most in a good way? Well, I don't know. That, that's kind of a hard one. But the, uh, <laughs> the one that impressed me, that didn't surprise mm-hmm. me, the one that impressed me probably more than anybody was President uh, George H. Bush. I was very oh, well. close friends with him and oh, uh, yes. traveled all over the world with him. And I spent the night in the White House twice. I went to Camp David with him. And Kenny Bunk Porter spent a lot of time up there. And, and President Bush and Barbara were my dear friends. And Barbara Bush wrote the forward to my book. Oh, well. And uh, they just left impression on me uh, not if you didn't even look at politics, they were just great people. And I love politics, that. They loved our family. I mean, our country. They loved our country. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, everything about them was good. And it was just uh, memories I will never forget. You know, I wish people in this day and time could just leave politics aside and just be friendly. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, they were just... They were a family. You know, people say yeah. they must be a family. They were a family. And I mean, they were strong family ties there. And that was good to see. Okay. So let's say that you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they got mm-hmm. something special. There's definitely something about them. They have that it factor that everybody talks about. And let's say that they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. So this would be kind of pre, pre-COVID advice, of course. And let's say that they've gotten on stage, and they look over the crowd, and they get what every artist says, that stage bug where the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, I just know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, all I could tell them, and I don't have the connections. You know, it used to be we could uh, bring somebody to town and and um, get the right people to listen to them. I don't have that kind of power right now. But uh, <laughs> my my thing is, don't give up. If you believe in yourself, stay with it, and just don't give up. And uh, like we talked earlier, a lot of times you get to the point where you're, you're going to give up and something happens. So uh, you've you got to believe me and try to sing everywhere you can. I mean, if it's, a, you know, an opening up a supermarket or whatever it is, go ahead and sing. Yeah. And, uh, try to get the yeah. You know, talking about the almost ready to give up, 
I remember about two months in or so to our show, and we're doing a lot of shows, and we're trying to move up a little bit. And again, I'm, we're, our show is mostly focused on rising artists, but you still want the bigger artists too to come on. You know, mm-hmm. you want to balance there. I, I'll never leave my rising artists because that's my bread and butter. That's that's who we want to help promote. But you know, when we have people like you and you know, to come on and and Cassidy Pope and other people and Randy Travis. We, we mm-hmm. want them on, too, because then it gives us more credibility for the whole show as general. But I remember we were a couple yeah. months in show, and I was at one of the moments where I was frustrated. And I remember – and this almost broke me. Um, There's this girl that I knew her family. Didn't know her, but I know her family. And, and, I, and I thought if I could – you know, that we could get her on the show. She was a big-time rising artist. And I thought we could definitely get her on the show. And – I, you know, I got turned down, and it really hit me hard because I, you know, I forget that I forgot it. That I didn't realize at that time that once they're signed to a label, family connections mm-hmm. no longer matter. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I learned that really fast, and it broke and it broke me a little bit, and I was frustrated, and I was I was like, well, what are we doing here? And then about an hour later, I get an email. That was a PR company pitched me six artists. Said we'd like to get six artists on your show, and I'm scrolling through the artists and I see Anna Christina Cash. And I'm like, hmm, wonder if she's related to the Cash family. So I look her up and oh, she's married to John Carter Cash, the son of Johnny and June, of course. And mm-hmm. I was like, so I so I reached back out and I said, oh yeah, we'll take all six, and we got all mm-hmm. six. But Anna was kind of the game changer for our show because. After mm-hmm. she came on, that brought Carlene Carter, which then brought um, Jenny Gill, which also brought mm-hmm. Taylor Lynn and, and Georgette Jones. That whole crew came on, and it yeah. just was a game changer for the show. But I was at that moment where I was almost ready to quit, and then bam, yeah. like you said. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that happens. It, it's just funny how that happens, yeah. <laughs> You know, because again, you know, you we're like, you know, we're chasing the same dream y'all are chasing with the, being artists. We want to be like the Bobby Bones and all that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you got to believe in yourself. That's it. So even though you've done a lot, I'm sure you still got some goals in mind that you want to hit. What is your five year plan? Well, I, I enjoy singing in front of uh, audiences, of course. Or in front of anybody, but I I want to go out and do my shows and have fun. Got to have fun with it. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of what I do now uh, until the COVID. But uh, just go out and sing and meet people and have fun. I love that. Um, yeah. So as we come to a close here, um, you can tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, MoBandy dot com. It's, uh, and, and my book is called Lucky Me, and, mm-hmm. uh, com. Uh, you can get my book, and uh, and you can get my uh, CD, uh, Love Like That. You can get it at Amazon and Mobandy.com and uh, iTunes. You can get it on iTunes. And uh, so I hope everybody – I'm very proud of this new album, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited about the book also. And I uh, hope – people get a chance to check it out. 
And we definitely appreciate having you come on, and we're sorry about the technical difficulties at the very oh, beginning. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> yeah. we're so we, we glad you could be here. Really <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are probably used to that, though, where probably almost every show oh, yeah. there's something technical that you have to say, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're used to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Like I said, we well, appreciate, appreciate you. appreciate it. And we look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, you have a great day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.